Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast. Today we're talking about worship and specifically the building block of worship. And I won't spoil it right now, but we're going to be looking at the stories of Paul and Barnabas specifically and looking at how they made decisions to move forward in their ministry. Worship played a huge part in them doing their ministry. And so in this conversation, we're going to be talking about what that looks like and how we can apply these similar practices into our lives as Christians. So let's get into it. So the starting block of worship, I think the first thing I think of when I hear that is worship music. And I was going to ask you, like, what's your favorite worship song just to hear from the spirit, man? Is it is there like one jam that you're like, oh, my gosh, you are putting me on the spot. This is my song to hear from God right now. This is it. My worship song. All I know is when we were because we were talking about this at our life group a few weeks ago, we were talking about. Um, like our favorite worship songs, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, I yeah, just I said, question when I am by myself and like a worship song comes into my head, it's super rare that a <laughs> modern worship song comes into yeah. my head. It is usually like definitely old school jams. Mm, a lot right of across. Keith Green. Oh, Keith Green. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. A lot of Keith Green. Definitely a lot of hymns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little Fernando Ortega from time to time. <laughs> I was just yeah, thinking because we just at, at you know at Calvary we just w- are going through the the Psalms of Ascents right now, mm. and we just got done with Psalm 124 last week, and it's about you know if the Lord had not been on our side, right, all our enemies. Good. But there's this old jam I can't I don't know who sings it. Somebody out there has to find this song, but. <laughs> I remember we used to sing it way back in the day, and it was like, If the Lord had not been on our side, all our enemies would have swallowed us alive. It was awesome. It was awesome. That's incredible. It was like, during the song, I don't think you were supposed to close your eyes. You were just supposed Mm. to clap with your eyes open and look around at your neighbor. Like, if if God had not been on our side. Like, right, right, guys? Right? <laughs> High fives in the middle of worship time, dude. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big Man, time. Hey, I think listening. it had like a sweet like Seinfeld bass riff in it somewhere. It, it was sweet. Ooh. Yeah, hey, yeah. if you're listening and you know that song, write to Pastor Nate on Twitter, at N Holdridge. Just let him know what's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. I want that jam. Oh, man. But today we're talking about worship. And uh, I thought, Nate, just before we even get into the conversation about uh, worship mm-hmm. that we could, um, in the starting block of worship, that we could talk about your heart for this article. Because I know that when we talk about worship, we're not just talking about music per se, but we're talking about um, something that is kind of vast in itself. So would you mind telling us just kind of your heart for why you did write this article? I know it's a short article. Yeah, totally. What were you thinking of? Yeah, the musical side of worship really wasn't in my mind uh, at all with mm-hmm. the article because what it was was it it just uh, the reason I called it the starting block was because it feels to me like there in Acts chapter 13 God's grace has fallen upon this church mm. not in Jerusalem but now in Antioch and so you have this like new thing that God is doing Gentiles of course had started getting saved Peter had already gone to Cornelius's right. household in Caesarea and 
the gospel has been preached a little bit into the Gentile world, but the church in Antioch or in that city, that town, that's where it had started to explode amongst mm. the Gentile people. So now it's like, here's this church, Gentile, a lot of Gentiles, a lot of Jews inside of it. The grace of God is like visibly manifested mm. in yeah. this church. You have all these different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures gathering together inside this local church and you have all these different prophets and leaders paul and barnabas are a couple of them and it feels like they are in the starting blocks waiting mm. just chomping at the bit rattling inside of the horse's cage ready yeah, yeah. for the starting gun so that they can go out and preach the gospel mm. to the nations. And eventually they would, and Paul and Barnabas would go first to Barnabas's home country, the island of Cyprus, and then they would go up into uh, Asia Minor and mm. you know begin preaching out into Galatia and Antioch and Pisidia and different places like that before they return home to their church in Antioch and Syria and gave the praise report of what God had done right. on that first journey. But it just feels to me like there's anticipation. Like, this is what mm -hmm. we want to do. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. He told us to go into all the world and to make disciples. He told us to wait in Jerusalem in the first iteration of the church for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us, and that we would go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth, testifying of the gospel of grace. And so we want to do that. We're longing for that. But they hadn't really yet been sent. Yeah. You know, right. in that right. new fresh way by the spirit. And so there was this time where they the leaders of the church, they worshiped the Lord together mm -hmm. and they fasted together, they prayed together, and the spirit said, "Send to me Barnabas and Saul separate them unto me for the work to which mm. I've called them. So God gave them the orders. It was like the gun had sounded right. and they were allowed to go out under the, you know, spirit's leadership. Mm. So it just felt to me like this moment of real anticipation, like there is a, a, a dream in the heart mm. of this church a dream in the heart of these church leaders and a dream in the heart of God. Yeah. And what was the thing that unlocked that dream? Well, you know, it says there that they worshiped mm -hmm. the Lord and they fasted. So what my heart in the article was that not so much about like, you have a dream for a big house or you have a dream for, you know, right, some, right. you know, fancy carts, none of that kind of stuff. But more like you have a dream, like for things that God wants to do in your in and through your life. You have a dream right. for people that you want to reach. You have a dream for ways in which you think that God has shaped you, molded you, crafted, mm. crafted, crafted it, crafted mm. <laughs> you to be effective, you know, here on earth. And sometimes there's a bit of waiting that, right. that is involved in right. that process. There's, there's a bit of saying, you know, I think that's what we're supposed to do. I'd love to be able to do that. I'm waiting for that moment. But in the waiting, that's a great time hmm. to just worship the Lord, to develop your walk with God, to cry out to him. Yeah. And sometimes in the worship, uh, that, that ends up being the starting block that launches you out. Got it into everything that God has mm. for you. So I guess in a sense, part of what I wanted to say was, hey, you know, as 
believers, the Lord will put things on our hearts and there are things that we'll want to do. But let's not forget in the doing that we are to be worshipers of God. And right. sometimes we might struggle with some ineffectiveness in our lives. And we might have to look back and say, you know, have I been worshiping before I've been going out to do wow, the things yeah. that God has asked me to do? Yeah, that's really good. Before we go any further, what would you classify as worship for a Christian? I know you said it wasn't just singing, but... Um, is that just through prayer? Is that like a heart posture before God? Yeah, so, I mean, some people talk of worship as a turning to kiss or a turning mm. to adore. So there's a lot of different ways to do that, right? right? I mean, you can study the Bible in a very non-worshipful kind of way where you're turning to just kind of dissect, mm. but yeah. to approach it in a sense where you're saying, I want to learn so that I can learn about God, so that mm. I can discover Him and discover who He's said that I am now in Christ, and that is mm. fostering or developing a worshipful mood inside my heart for Him. Yeah. Uh, there's turning to Him in adoration, of course, in song, and you know I think we've probably a lot of us have felt that before. Mm -hmm. You know, in that moment where you're singing a song, the lyrics actually are very strong and beautiful towards the Lord, but your heart is not engaged in it and then you go through that process of saying i'm going to turn now to the lord with these same lyrics yeah, let the holy spirit it. breathe life into this moment and by faith i'm going to declare to god what i think of him and how marvelous he is so there is that musical mm -hmm. worshipful side of things right. then there's prayer you know adoring god in prayer worshiping him in prayer just telling him uh, who he is to you, what he means to you, how thankful you are for him, different things that he's done in your life that you're thankful to him about, uh, different things that uh, you feel that he's the hero in yeah. your life and in your Love story that. for, you yeah. know, looking back on his past faithfulness in your life. Sometimes that worship is a community kind of thing where we're looking at each other and saying, isn't God incredible? This is what he's done. I think there in Acts 13, it was a group that together were praying to God. Maybe there was right. a little bit of prophesying going on or, hey, does anybody have a word from the Lord that they'd like to share during this time? But it seems that there was this together prayer of these seven or so church leaders crying out to God in tandem together. And as mm -hmm. they did, there was this fresh thing that was happening yeah. and God began to speak to their hearts. But it seems like for them, at least in that setting, it was a, we came together and we were praying in a worshipful way to God hmm. together. Not, not just alone, which yeah, you can yeah. do, but together with others. Wow. I love that. So kind of turning to God in prayer, turning to him in song, turning to him in decisions, even like it's just a continual turning towards God away from ourselves maybe is another way of saying it totally that's cool well said so in the article it's it's kind of cool how you phrase it because you know saul i'm sorry paul and barnabas want to go be doing the ministry that god's put in front of them or or that they expect to happen but they're waiting for like the moment to happen they're waiting to hear from god and in scripture it says that as they're worshiping that the holy spirit spoke is this kind of like, as far as like Paul and Barnabas hearing from God during that worshipful moment, is that 
like a mysterious kind of thing? Is that like more like a real thing? And how how do we, is there like a way that we should anticipate God speaking to us as we're worshiping, I guess is another way of saying it. Is it like kind of ethereal or is it like, like no, he will speak to you like audibly. Or sure, so are you kind of asking like, how did this Yeah, how, so say? how did it happen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does it happen? You know, in that moment, it doesn't it doesn't actually say how the spirit said. Uh, the the clue to me and the guess that I would make on it is that it talks about the prophets of the church gathering mm. together and then lists these seven different guys. Mm. So I'm thinking that as they were praying they were also giving space for different impressions that they had. Yeah. They, they might have even been very non-spiritual uh, looking in nature. It might have just been, we prayed for a while, and now we're going to talk for a mm. while about our heart for the nations. And as we're talking about it, and each man is kind of discussing and saying like where he's at and what he has a heart for, it just becomes apparent that Barnabas mm. and Saul are totally set apart yeah. for this thing right. and as we discussed it we sensed that the spirit was saying separate unto me barnabas and saul for the work right. to which i've called them i think it was probably a little more um spiritual yeah in a sense than that that it was probably like a word that one or two of them had some kind of way of confirming it yes i'm bear witness with that i'm mm. getting an impression of this or that but the reality is that we just don't totally know right yeah that makes sense and it seems like god kind of speaks in different ways maybe to different kinds of people at different moments even absolutely Yeah, yeah absolutely and i think that you know you always want to try to um know what your bent might be so that you can mm-hmm. guard yourself against deception you know so somebody who's hyper cerebral it's mm-hmm. like you need to know that your bent is probably going to be that you're not going to naturally want to hear God like that. You're going to mm-hmm. want to just study and study and study and come to a right. logical conclusion. So you need to know that that might be your downfall at times. And, and maybe you need to be a little more open to uh, prophecy or an impression right, you know, right. in, coming from yourself or someone else during a time of prayer. But then if you're maybe a little more highly emotional and intuitive, you kind of have to be aware that you might fall prey to, uh, you know, always sensing a word and always Mm. sensing direction rather than at times just giving thought and hearing Mm. counsel and just making a wise decision. Mm. So sometimes it's good to just kind of know how you're constructed and wired a little bit. but. It is very kind of God to break through <laughs> yeah. the different personality Amen. types and cultures and customs yes. that are that are out there for sure. And it's probably good too to not expect God to only speak in one kind of way then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is a landmark moment. That's why it made it into the book of Acts, yeah. you know. It's 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 the stuff that was very normal and happened all the time, you know, that doesn't get put into the book of Acts. Luke is finding those pivotal moments that spun the gospel out from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. And this in Antioch was one of those pivotal yeah, moments. Right. So I I don't go into a prayer meeting expecting 
every single time that there's going mm-hmm. to be this massive word or confirming word that right. I receive. However, I do at times like to go into a prayer meeting and say, you know, let's just, as we're praying, if there's any word that you have, yeah, any scripture that. you'd like to share, any thought that comes into your mind, any impression that you're getting, you know, any encouragement that pops into your heart, go ahead and say it. And, you know, maybe there will be something there that is really, you know, um, kind of rings true in somebody's heart. Yeah. Hmm. Is that, would you say that's kind of just like a good way to maybe measure, I don't know if measuring is the right word of saying, right thing to say, but like when you're processing what you believe God is speaking to you, say you receive something that's not just like an audible voice from God, say he doesn't speak to you just from scripture, like jumping out of the page into your heart and mind, but maybe you're sensing something as you're worshiping God, but maybe you, like you sense something and then you bring it to somebody else and you're like, this is what I believe God is saying. And they're like, I don't think that's what God is saying mm-hmm. to you. Or you get some counsel and they're like, I actually think, I don't think he's saying that. Is that like kind of like a good metric for that you think is kind of bouncing that off of people? It's not just about like a personal experience. Definitely. Only. I mean, yeah. let's imagine what would have happened if Barnabas and Saul had done that at this point what would have happened is they would have gone to the rest of the leaders and said hey we're getting this sense that god wants us to go to cyprus and beyond Mm -hmm. preaching the gospel and the rest of the church leaders would look at barnabas and saul and say well you know for the last couple of years you guys have been hammering it here in antioch you've been super effective it's obvious that god has given you two a love for each other in the sense that you work really well with each other. And it's also obvious that you guys have a strong understanding of the gospel message itself. And especially this Saul guy, we've seen that he's just got an engine on him. (laughs) And so they would look at that and, you know, put it all together and go, yeah, you know, it's it would almost mm. I think to them feel like that's obvious, you know, because this wasn't like a brand new thing. Barnabas and Saul weren't, you know, just kind of sitting there doing nothing. They were highly effective there right. in that church. So I think right. it would have been really easy for other godly, wise, intelligent mm. people to bear witness and say that sounds incredible. Yeah. That's cool too, and to be able to kind of come to that with some other people in the context of worshiping together, man, that is so powerful. Like that is just so cool. Yeah, big time. I mean, I think passages like this help us see the uh, some of the beautiful things that happen yeah, in community. Totally, with other yeah, Christians totally. seeking God together. You just kind of, um, I mean, and you know me, I'm all about the personal one-on-one with God right. yeah. times and moments, but. You can also kind of get lost in that a little bit sometimes, mm. you know, to where you're it's in true. your own head yeah. rather than mm-hmm. able to, you know, really like hear from the Lord and kind of pour out your heart to him. And sometimes when you're with others, there's just a sense of feedback or discernment yeah. or um, confirmation that is powerful and helpful in moving forward in your walk yeah. with God and the different things that he's asking you to do. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Do you have an example in your life where this kind of scenario has played out? Maybe not exactly like these two guys, but where you've been maybe worshiping personally and God has spoken to you about maybe like a big move you're supposed to take or ministry you're supposed to be a part of or 
How's that looked in your life? Yeah, many times. One that comes to mind when I was 18, I was uh, at a kind of a crossroads of decision making when it came to like a ministry life, you yeah. know, and, you know, I didn't realize like, oh, I have so much time in front of me, you know, I just felt like I've got to figure this out. I got to make oh, a decision. Yeah, totally. I think I was 19, <laughs> actually. And yeah, I was really, you know, sensing that God was putting a call on my life mm-hmm. into Bible teaching and potentially even someday pastoral kind of work. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd had a little bit of like pushback about that in oh, the really? in the form of just like, are you sure about that? You mm-hmm. know, ministry life is really hard. Pastoral work is really hard. Are you yeah. really sure that that's from God? I don't know. You know, kind of the old Spurgeon thing of if you can do anything else, <laughs> young man, do that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can't do anything else, then yeah, you know, mm-hmm. serve him in that kind of way. So I was really just wrestling with it and... Um, yeah, the Lord just, there was a moment where uh, he opened up a little passage in Joshua to me mm. in a really powerful way, and I just, it was a strong confirmation. Yep, yeah. I need, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in front of me, but I do need to trust the Lord. He took care of them when they went into the the land of promise and gave them a crazy counterintuitive victory over Jericho, and so God is going to do a counterintuitive thing in my life, I need to trust him yeah. and just keep worshiping. That was the thing with Joshua, you know, right. was take the sandal off your foot, worship me, the place where you stand is holy ground. So when I received that on that at that moment, yeah, mm. that was a big confirmation for me. Yeah. And and there have been many times since then that uh, that kind of uh, confirmation is, is uh, given to yeah. me. There was a thing I was wrestling over uh, just a few weeks ago, just really, you know, not every day that I pray is it like a real crying out, you know, mm-hmm. agonizing with God, you know, kind of thing. Sometimes yeah. it's a little more listy. Sometimes <laughs> I'm a little more distracted. Sometimes yeah. it's just, hey, you know, there's all these, here's a, a big list of people and I'm just going to kind of one by one yeah. go through it. Sometimes it's processing like a big issue in my life. And so I was crying out to God about this particular thing this day where I was just asking God for wisdom mm, about yeah. some discipleship teaching kind of stuff and as I was praying I just sensed this um, little phrase from Ezekiel where mm. Ezekiel was preaching to the dry bones oh, and yeah. I yeah. sensed the Lord just saying talk to the bones just talk to the bones you know and, and I'll do the work you know and so it was had to do with a particular group that I was considering doing some ministry with and it was just like a good like okay Lord I'm gonna do that I'll talk to the bones and you take <laughs> care of the rest you know interesting so yeah that's that's really interesting I was actually thinking about this question as you're talking but you actually just started to kind of allude to it but I've found in my life sometimes that I feel like it's kind of hard to worship sometimes when I'm going through maybe like a hard season or or like you said maybe there's like a particular people group that I want to be speaking to but I feel like I'm just like like my words aren't getting through or something like mm-hmm. that and sometimes it feels like hard to worship through that sometimes but I know like in my heart that through that worship that God moves and he speaks and he leads and it's not the only reason why we worship but for you in your your life when you are going through maybe a harder season or something or you're wrestling with something in your heart personally with God or however that looks for you do you find, are there certain rhythms that you get into for worship that are more helpful than others? Like, do you, 
I don't know, put away your phone for a certain amount of time, like fasting or something like that to worship God? Or mm. do you go through some kind of procedure that may removes you from yourself a bit so you can just like focus on God? Yeah, I think we sense? I think we talked recently in a recent podcast about my morning routine or maybe we I, did yeah we okay did. was that with you that'll be out by the time because i know that too. we did one with kayler also i was like <laughs> did, did i talk to him about that so you know we've talked about my like morning routine right and uh yeah i definitely it's a uh, i like to put the technology out yeah you know kind that's of true thing. that's right i think yeah. that's really important um and you know i like fasting I mean, I don't like fasting, but I, but I like <laughs> I do, fasting, I don't. Yeah. you know, just for that, from that standpoint of kind of coming more quickly to the end of yourself and sensing your need, you know, yeah. for God. Um, but I think for me, besides just having a kind of non-negotiable, hmm. uh, time slot for, for that. Yeah. I think probably my secret weapon is God's grace mm. because mm-hmm. you know I'm like there's seven days in the week I don't know how many of those days my worship is just kind of lame <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not it's 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 not this like because my worship was awesome I got launched out you know yeah, because right. their worship was awesome they got to go from Antioch to the ends of the earth you know it's just like God's wild, you know. He's just looking for a little bit. Yeah. You know? He's just looking for that little window of opportunity. You know that <laughs> little story I just told the, about the other day and the, you know, speak to the bones kind of thing. I mean, right, seriously right. like that moment was that di- that morning in prayer was sandwiched by days on either side where it was like i'm distracted i'm feeling kind of dry you know i'm kind of a little bit too like self and uh, focused and kind of inward you know rather than upward and like thinking about god you know and then even in that prayer time uh where i'm you know kind of just walking and praying about different things even that little moment yeah was sandwiched even in the prayer time (laughs) with like you know complaining and you know oh god you know why is this happening like this you know kind of stuff and then it just took like three minutes of just oh my goodness i feel like i'm actually now like i'm really praying and then speak to the bones you Mm. know so yeah that's grace you know that's not a deserved kind of thing of like you know, I hate stories like that, you know, where it's like, and I fasted for nine days and then right. God said, speak to the bones. It's like, oh man, that's like all the religions. You just have to climb the mountain yeah. and hear from the guru. That's not the way it is. It's like yeah. God, he loves the world. He loves you so much more than you do. Mm. So, you know, just, uh, I think for me, a real secret weapon in it is God's grace, you know, just to kind of go, yeah. oh, my worship was very imperfect today. <laughs> But yeah, tomorrow, you know, I'm going to be there again with the Lord and, you know, he'll be more faithful than mm-hmm. I will be, yeah. you know, and just leaning on that grace. Yeah, that is so good. Thanks for taking that turn for us a little bit and highlighting God's grace in that. Yeah, we never want to make it sound like our worship, if we worship this much or this 
set apart ever. Therefore, God yeah, will speak or anything. You were starting to get a little legalistic about it. I know. It I, thought, I, I apologize, yeah. everybody. Thanks, okay. Nate. I'm glad I could write the ship. <laughs> Take a turn for the best, not for the worst, for the best. Hey, Nate, I'd love just to give you a second to talk to, to people who are maybe, uh, you know, maybe going through something in their life right now where they, they want to serve God in a certain capacity. And um, maybe they're feeling like, Saul and Barnabas a little bit like they're just like ready to go for it but maybe there's some life circumstances or things that they're wrestling with that are may preventing them right now from Mm -hmm. taking that step to go forward and just talking through like worship and how that plays into our lives not that worship's going to lead to an opportunity necessarily but do you have anything you'd like to just share for that person who man they're just like ready to go for it one of the things that I love that brings me I think a lot of comfort in serving the Lord is I love to try to be reminded of and unpack the various timelines of the famous ministers throughout the Bible yeah even in the book of Acts you know it's like chapter 9 Paul gets saved Mm-hmm. And then here we are in chapter 13, <laughs> and he's launched out of Antioch. Right. And it feels like all well, like I had to do was just wait for four chapters, and boom. <laughs> but when you patch it all together, yeah, it was a very long time. Hmm. You know, it was probably over 10 years of preparation to get ready for that yeah. moment, if not more, maybe 13. And so when you think about it like that, you know, or you look at, um, you know, David, mm-hmm. you know, anointed by God and um, through Samuel yeah. at probably, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And then he didn't become the king um, of just Judah till he was 30. Right. And then That's all of time. Israel till he was 37 and a half. <laughs> and important. then, yeah. And then <laughs> Moses, you know, thought he was ready at 40. I mean, he's the classic mm. example. Yeah. And then, you know, when I had to go out to the wilderness and then came back when he was 80. I like that example a little bit less because, <laughs> you know, that's a hard one for us to relate to because right. none of us are expecting to like live then till 120. Yeah, true. So I like the David and the Paul ones because it feels like a timeline that we're a little more, you know, used to. But yeah. I like to just kind of unpack that timeline mm. and to just remember that these different figures throughout God's word, they were able to go through a process mm-hmm. of growth, a process of transformation. And, you know, sometimes your circumstances just don't allow you at that moment to make the bigger move that you're wanting to make. But that doesn't mean that you can't make a move. It doesn't mean that you can't, yeah, you know, good. be moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. And you just never know how much God is preparing you. I mean, I think when we talk about being prepared, we're talking about aggressive, moving forward, advancing, you know, kind of preparation. I've seen people who have said, I'm just preparing. And I'm like, I don't (laughs) think you're really preparing. That seems like you're just chilling. Uh, But if there is that, like, you know, moving forward, you know, kind of thing, it's like, yeah, you just never know when God's going to really open that door for you in life so just keep moving forward keep learning keep growing keep studying keep praying take the opportunities that god does give to you and watch what he'll do
Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.